0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza and Austin Bettigrew, and today we're going to be talking about the fact that we are hiring at Fit Town, and we want to use this as a way to maybe bring on the next candidate uh, to our team, put a, put a blast out there to our audience and see if there's a good fit out there, uh, but also to give an insight into what do we look for when we hire? How do we hire? Um, so that way, those of you guys that are gym owners or are part of a hiring process, how can you further define what it is that you're looking for and trying to bring that in to your community. So let's talk about what we're looking for. Who's the perfect fit for Fit Town? What do we look for when we're hiring? So I kind of summed it up in my head as, as pretty simple. We're looking for like a personality and values fit as as one big aspect of it and then the second piece of it is is it a sort of a skills and career aspirations fit so you kind of have the the personal side but then you also have the very tangible career side of like what is this person looking for and does that fit into what we have to offer and and both are really important you know we've had um, kind of good personality fits that through not having the right opportunities for them kind of hit different walls and different barriers, which then over time almost makes them a bad personality fit because they're not having success and seeing success. And then we've had the opposite where you've had really good kind of skills and uh, opportunity fit, but then the personality isn't great. It doesn't line up and then that doesn't work out either. Okay, so on the personality and value side, the first thing that comes to mind for me is someone who is very much a team so we really look for someone who has experience with team sports. That's usually a good sign that they enjoy being a part of a team. But how they talk about those experiences is really key. Do they do they long for those team things or are they very much an individual? Is it more about what they accomplished as an individual through that team setting? Or is it more about just wanting to be a strong team and wanting to be a part of a feedback culture?
1: Yeah, when, when I think of the personality, I think of someone who can not only provide a good performance, we'll call it, on the floor to our clients who can connect with them one-on-one, but also someone who can do the same thing with our team and who's willing to give and receive feedback. Um, that can be tough to do. So if, if you're not willing to do that, um, it, it'd be pretty tough to be on this team. And then also, if you're not willing to balance that with the, the right type of personality, the, the fun and the personality that people just want to be around on the floor, um, that's another thing that we obviously look for. You assume I want to be around you, Austin. Well, we're pretty close, I figured.
0: (laughs) This is painful for me right now, by the way. Um, Yeah, so there's a team aspect, and then another big one is the growth mindset. So having someone who, and this leads right into it, like, it's really hard to be a team person and then not be open to feedback, but the growth mindset really is that person who values growth and learning over being right or being seen as like important or significant or successful themselves and it's it's tough because you can have people that are extremely driven and motivated but that little shift in the growth mindset of you know sometimes that person is driven but then they're they're only good about getting feedback and things that they're already good at and when they struggle with something, they're not really good at accepting feedback on it because they don't feel like they're, they're worthy of it in that area and they're, every time you give them feedback in the area, you're telling them how bad they are at that thing as opposed to, you know, you just wanting to make them better.
1: Yeah, I think one of, one of my favorite parts of our team is when we have our weekly team meetings, we do have debates a lot. I mean, we often get into debates about certain situations, but- Sometimes really dumb stuff. Sometimes really dumb stuff. And sometimes it takes longer than it should, but you know what, we're growing. But But, the point of that is like you know you can, you can have an opinion about something that you feel very passionate about, but then at the same time, it has to align with the team as well at some point, we all have to come to something that we agree upon that we can actually deliver out to the clients yeah. uh, you know, in a consistent way, not like no, i 'm doing it this way, regardless if you want to do it or not, that type of situation so we love, we love people to challenge our thoughts and our ideas because I think that's how we grow as a gym. Um, but then also understand that we have to, as a team, come together in some sort of way to present it to the clients in a way that we all feel aligned with and want to yeah. actually you know, deliver.
0: Yeah, delivering uh, really good information that's consistent is much better than delivering great information or the best information that's inconsistent from coach to coach. So even if you're right, you might have to compromise a little bit on exactly what you feel is right in order to create alignment amongst an entire team. And that's really important. That, that takes a lot of, uh, putting that ego to side, being humble and, and, and being able to see the team success is more important than maybe you being perceived as, you know, an all-star or standout. Right. Let's talk about skills and aspirations. So, one of the big things that jumps into to mind is like, we have to have people that love to coach. We have to have people that truly love on the floor, in-person coaching. That could be nutrition coaching or lifestyle coaching as well. But you genuinely have to love the in-person coaching. And it has to be a balance of group and one-on-one. It can't just be one or the other. Now, a lot of times we have people that come in that have only really done mostly CrossFit coaching or something very similar to CrossFit. That is their experience. They've dabbled with a little bit of personal training, some, some fundamentals, some intros here and there, um, but they haven't really done much outside of group. And even when they look at something like our Beach Fit program, which is this 45-minute more boot camp style class, they're like, I don't know if I'm going to love that. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that. Um, and oftentimes if that person comes in with an open mind and they're excited to learn, they will enjoy those things. So they don't necessarily have to have this like massive book of personal training business, this massive success with group classes. If they did have that, they probably wouldn't be leaving their their current um, opportunity. So they just have to have a base level there and then a desire to really want to explore those other areas, even if they're unsure exactly where they're gonna fall.
1: Yeah, and then I know for us in particular, like, I mean, I came, I came onto the team four years ago and in those four years, our, our personal training is just, I mean, skyrocketed compared, yeah. compared to where we were. So I know like for us as a gym, we definitely need someone who wants to and is willing to not only do group but feels like they want to grow in the personal training route. And honestly to make a great living, a great career as a coach, like you need to have that skill set as well because there's a lot of money involved in that. And not that it has to be about the money, but it definitely has to be, you know, something that you're willing to do, not only for yourself financially, but also as a team. We need that because that's our our first line of someone new coming into the gym. They have to go through one-on-one sessions. Uh, we have people who you know want to get out of pain. We have people who want to work on a skill. We have people who only want to train one-on-one. They don't want to do group classes. So, you know, there's opportunity everywhere for personal training. So we definitely need someone. And you know, a lot of our coaches who do do personal training are very close to having full books
0: already. Yeah. From the business side, we've learned that there's really a cap on what we can afford to pay for group classes. But with personal training, there's a lot more, there's less of a cap. There's just a lot more that we can provide there. So, you know, I'll give you guys some specifics. I mean, uh, most of our coaches are making between 30 and 35 a class to coach. Most of our coaches are going to start between 14 and 16 classes per week on an average. And over time, what we'd like to, they're gonna get built in raises on their classes. They could get as much as $40 a class if they've been here for eight to 10 years, they have all the certifications, but that's the cap. You're not gonna go above $40 a class. So over time with someone like Austin or someone like Jack on our staff, we're gonna talk about him more specific in a second. Over time, we want them to come down from 14 to 16 classes a week and ideally settle somewhere between like nine and 12 whatever their you know capacity and desire is to coach more group but ideally they're going to fill the rest of their schedule with personal training. So to give you an idea we cap out mentally we think about capping out our coaches at about 30 floor hours a week. Now Austin and Jack have both gone way over that at times, but we know like long term that if they can average about 30 floor hours a week and then they're still working 40 plus hours because they do programming and other stuff, but 30 hours of either PT or group classes. So those 30 hours can be fluid, but if you think about it, the more you take up in group, that actually takes away what you can do in one on one and still not get burned out, still feel really good about your schedule, and still balance everything. So over time, it might start as like more of a 50 50 mix, and you're not gonna come in with a full book of business, but if you grow your book of business, it might be a 50, 50 mix. And then over time, it might look like 33% group and then 67% PT. And what that allows you to do is someone like Austin has some clients where they pay $120 a session and we cap our take as a gym at $40 a session. So Austin's now making 80 on that session. That's now at 67% of that, uh, what we charge for that session. So he's able to make a much higher percentage on that that he could not touch, right? That's, that's more than two
1: full group classes for one one-on-one session. Yeah, and I know we've talked about it a lot. Our, our long-term vision is to have coaches who are coming down slightly in group classes to then fill their book of business. And you know, that's kind of the reason we're hiring. We, we are at that capacity with some of our coaches where they need more time mm-hmm. to focus on PT. So um, I, think, I think that's super important. Yeah, the other benefit that comes with that is that
0: as you sort of learn develop your skill set and you get create your own niche you can start to use your personal training hours to really fulfill that niche of what really excites you and you might take on a wide range of clients at first but the more clients that you can find that are at that high rate but are also like that perfect ideal client that you would honestly work with for free you just enjoy it that much that's really where the sweet spot happens over time and, uh, and where, where coaches can work towards. So um, to get into the specifics of how we do our PT, we, we, we do a 55% split, 55% for the coach, 45% for the gym, but we cap it at $40 take for our sessions. And then we charge $100 a session for one session, 95 for 10, 90 a session for 20, and then 85 a session for 30. But where someone like Austin is able to charge more is once that first package is sold, or if they were, if Austin's the one that sells them right from the get go, he can sell them at his rate. So he has the freedom to charge more than what we charge, but we kind of use ours as a good floor for what our coaches can charge. So really allows a coach that starts to develop strong sales skills, starts to develop a really, uh, strong way of delivering value to their clients has you know, no end in sight of what they could potentially achieve with us. So let's talk about some of the people that we've hired and why it's turned out that way. And the two big themes that we've seen at our gym is coaches that we've hired from out of state and former gym owners that are now deciding that they want to focus on being primarily a coach. You check both of those boxes. So why do you think that tends to work for us and why could someone, you know, who maybe has falls in one of these categories, maybe consider coming down here to work for us where they might not have before? So I'll start with out of
1: state first. Um, I think that one's actually bigger than people think. And the reason I say that is most gyms, let's just use the CrossFit space as an example. Most gyms kind of grow out of one gym, right? So it's like, there might be one or two big hub gyms in your, in your state that have spawned thousands mm-hmm. of different gyms, but what tends to happen with that is they all look very similar. nearly yeah. similar. Pricing, structure, programming, everything looks very similar. So you can kind of start expecting if you're going to move on to a new gym, unless this owner just transformed the idea of it and you know, created a new business structure, they're going to look pretty similar. So mm-hmm. for us, once we sold our gym, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but once, once we sold our gym, I just realized I, I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do, make as much as I made as an owner. Um, joining anyone else's gym, and we tried it for a little bit. Um, we had a friend that we I managed his gym for a little bit after we sold. Um, but again, it just it just wasn't what I was looking for. And if I wanted to make a career out of it, it had to be bigger than that. Um, so for us, obviously, it was very easy to look out of state. I mean, we were in Missouri, so no one really wants to live in Missouri first off. So if you're in Missouri, let me know. <laughs> no brainer. No brainer. <laughs> you gotta get here. Um, so that that was a part of it too. But. Um, that's what I was thinking out of state. is like, you know, if I want to find the gym that can actually fulfill all those things I'm looking for to coach and make coaching a career, not owning, um, I'm probably going to have to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah. From my perspective on the out of state, I really like it because that person is coming down here wanting to make it work. Like they've cut right. a lot of ties to kind of go all in on this. And we tend to get a very dedicated person because of that. They're, they Once you lose the uh, you know the out, the option, it forces you to really narrow your focus say, I'm going to make it work here.
1: There is one weird aspect that I like. I didn't think about this until you were just kind of saying that, but the thing I like about it is I moved here knowing zero people. I knew you and your wife and Tony and his wife kind of, but not really. Yeah, just through the hiring process. Just through the hiring process. And what I had to do was really create relationships on the floor because I wasn't going to get to know anyone anywhere else mm. unless I just went out and I don't really go out. So. um my way of getting to know people in the area was in the gym. So I think that lended itself to what we do as a coach, which is build relationships with clients um, as well. And you know, I think one of the hardest things to do is take a coach who's been a member and then make them a coach because there are those relationships and it can get a little awkward. If you're bringing someone in, the clients probably understand this is a professional person, um, otherwise they wouldn't be there. And then also uh, they have to do their job and, starting that relationship and making that work. Um, So that's kind of something that I thought about as well. As far as owning a gym, the thing I like about it, and you know, the thing I think I bring to the team that some of them don't have the understanding about is just the back end part. I don't have really anything to do with it now as far as financials and stuff like that goes. But I do understand how critical small things can be for the business. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing like reach outs to people who haven't been here for a little bit and, you know, really making those relationships work, it's literally the blood of the business. And I feel like as a gym owner, you just have a really big understanding of that. So, if you haven't ever been in that situation of like your own paycheck is on the line of mm-hmm. making the business work, um, it just gives you a new perspective. Not that a coach can't also have that perspective. But if you're coming in with that, um, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It feels like a, a
0: lot of places, not just in like the gym industry, but just everywhere, it just feels like employ employees and, you know, business owners are kind of like, feel like they're against each other. They're not on the same team. And I think a lot of that just stems from like the, the real big corporations where like there's a huge separation between the average employee and the CEO or whoever started that business, and maybe that person who started the business isn't even around anymore. They right. sold the business, they're not even involved. Whereas when you think about a lot of small businesses, um, gyms really being uh, very unique in the sense is like so many gym owners are super involved still, and they wanna be, and um, I think that's awesome. But then there still seems to be some some level of that mindset that that comes down from the corporate world, which is like, you know, this person could pay me more, but they're choosing not to. This person could do more for me, but they're they're choosing not to. And a lot of person, a lot of times, that person is trying to do everything they can to, you know, make a balance where the coaches can, um, you know, have many of the benefits that the gym owner can. And I think someone like you, Austin, just understand that. So I think that's really cool. Um, the other thing that I think is really cool is the perspective from gym owners who have been on that side of things and understood that that is not what they wanna chase anymore. Because if you've only been a coach, you're very likely to think that in order to grow in this industry, I eventually have to own. And a lot of gym owners who have been on that, they've seen that the grass is not necessarily greener on that side. And they go, well, why did I get into this in the first place? Well, I got into it because I love to coach. I I got into it because I love working out. I love being a part of a gym. I love being a part of a community. Um, there's all these aspects that I love that I'm actually doing less of as an owner that I get to do more of as a coach. And wow, I can actually make really good money, maybe even more money as a coach than I would have as an owner. Oh, okay, that sounds like a really viable career path.
1: Yeah, and for me, it's 100% true. I think I've actually coached at two places now that I've made more coaching than I have <laughs> as an owner. And I think going back to what we had talked about with you know group classes and personal training is when you're an owner, you can't really coach that much and grow the business. So, you know, you said, we're trying to cut some group class downs for some of our coaches so they can grow in PT. How are you gonna do that as an owner? You know, they're struggling to make money. So they're like, oh, I need more PT, I need more, I need to coach more and not have know coaches or whatever. It's like, you're always gonna be spinning your wheels and you're not gonna make any progress. So the reason I bring that up is, you might actually be at a point where you are almost capped as an owner Unless you want to start hurting the business in some financial way, which no one wants to do, Mm -hmm. so it's 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 the same same idea of like you're going to have to cut back your coaching to focus on growing the business, and then in doing so, you're going to have to give up other things, and that's going to cause you to have to hire someone. It's just a never-ending circle, and you know, I mean, I, I was in that. I think we were generally successful for the most part. Like we were continually growing. We we were open for like two and a half years, but as soon as we got the offer to sell, it was like a no-brainer, you know? It was, like, it was a good deal, and it was like, thinking back, I, I, don't, I don't know if I wanna do this full-time. It's yeah. very tiring, and I love coaching, and I'm not getting to do that as much as I did, so why would I keep doing this type deal? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you, you summed it up really well, and um, you know, if, if you've done some of that reflecting yourself, if you're a gym owner, and you have that ability to maybe shut down your gym, sell your gym, um, or, you know, I think COVID pushed a lot of people out of our industry. Maybe it's someone who got out of this industry that is uh, kind of regretting leaving, but they know they don't want to go back to what it was. They don't want to go back to struggling as a gym owner and they, they want to get back to in person. You know, if, you, if you're that person or if you know someone that is that person, send them our way. And, um, you know, we really think that we can provide people with a path to do that. I think that that's what we do well. I think our gym is perfectly set up for it. Um, and, and what I wanted to finish on was sharing an example of one of our coaches, the journey that he's had in a short time with us and really what's possible here, if you're willing to work and if you genuinely love it, because um, you know we're talking about Jack, Coach Jack on our team, he genuinely loves it. And um, he's always trying to learn and get better. And it's just the perfect environment for him. So, I mean, he, we hired him the day before we shut down for COVID. He came down from Georgia, moved down from Georgia, He was just a coach he was pretty green coach actually like um just had done some group classes came from a crossfit background minimal personal training but that's still very new and first couple months he was here we were shut down he did maintenance for us you know he didn't get to do a lot of real coaching yet because he didn't have relationships built up um so he did maintenance work for us and now right there it was like okay we have an understanding of who we have on our team because this person's willing to work and show up every day even though he's doing something he didn't really enjoy. We didn't know how much he didn't enjoy it at the time. He just kind of did it and was happy to do it. And then since that time, I mean, he's grown into, I mean, an average week for him is he's gonna do 16 group classes. He's gonna do 20 plus personal training sessions. Um, He's killing it with personal training. And then he's also in charge of our FTX programming. So he he plans that out uh, entirely himself. We meet with him to refine it but he builds out all the notes um, he's in charge of it 100% and he's done that you know basically a 3 year time frame where almost that first year was kind of messy because of because of covid so you know he's just like the perfect example of someone who is can just see results so fast if they have the right attitude and they are willing to work for it
1: yeah I, the only thing i was going to add on to that is you said he was very green and, and I agree. I don't want people to not reach out because they don't think they have enough. I remember I, I said it on a couple podcasts, I always thought it was funny that I was down here visiting before you even asked like, what certifications I even had as a coach. And we do, I mean, we do look at that and we do care about that to some sense, but if we understand what kind of person you are as far as like you're willing to work, we understand what kind of person you are as far as your personality and values go, we're almost fine taking someone who's green that we think we can develop and we know we can develop. Um, Jack jumped right into the Rockstar coaching course as soon as we started back up, Um, he went through that. He's taken countless other certifications since then that he's voluntarily wanted to do. We haven't forced him to do anything. Um, He's always reading, he's always studying something um, and he's just willing to, to work and continually get better at the work. And there's really no recipe better than that as far as like Coach can go.
0: Yeah. this environment is like drinking through a fire hose in terms of the amount of information. And it's not just from me or from everybody. Everybody's a full-time professional coach. They're trying to do this as a career. So we're all trying to get better. We're always sharing information. We're always sharing ways that we can be better as a team. And that, that really is what I think separates our atmosphere from a lot of other places. You might have one or two good coaches, but not everybody's working towards that same direction. So I think it's important to to kind of point out and we don't have to share too specifically what it is, but someone like Jack, I mean, I don't know exactly, I haven't even looked at the numbers, but I mean, he could clear potentially six figures at some point in the next year or two with us in a 12 month period because of how hard he works, because he's able to increase his rates over time. And I point that out just because I want people to understand what is possible. Sometimes people hear that and they go, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, but what is the potential payoff? Could I support a family? Could I you know, actually make a real career? And, and you can, you, if, you, if you have the hours, you have the commitment to do it, you, know, you really can. But if you're gonna be kind of like middle of the road, half in, half out, um, again, we talked about it. You're, you can only make so much from a group class. So if you're, if you're wanting to primarily be a group class person, you're not really excited to take on other, other roles, um, or growing personal training or nutrition coaching, this isn't going to be the place for you. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to this. Hopefully if you, uh, are interested in, in joining, this gets you excited and you guys can reach out to me, Andrew at fit or Austin at fittown.com. Let us know. If, it, if you think it might be a fit, why you think it's the perfect fit for you, and do some due diligence. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast now if you're hearing this, but go to our social media pages, listen to our Fit Town Show podcast, and, and get an idea of what our gym community is like outside of just what you hear on this episode. And then if you're a gym owner, hopefully this was helpful in you finding your ideal clients or ideal candidates for your gym. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one.